My career sucks. Sex just isn't the same. What's my purpose? Where did this fat come from? My relationship is killing me. I'll never be happy. My debt is piling up. I'll never find love. Why can't I be like other gay guys? Hey guys, it's time to get a grip, stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40-plus gay life. Let's get to the show with your tell-it-like-it-is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick or a diva unless you act like one first. Hello, men of 40-plus gay men gay talk. It's another episode where we go and unpack and unravel all the mysteries of being a gay guy over 40. And I know a lot of you hit that that beautiful four zero and you're like what's next who am i and then there's others of you that come into your 40s and you're like i didn't even realize this is who i am regardless of the path that you take i'm going to invite you to be with me for the next 30 minutes or so with a good buddy of mine who's been in my 40 plus space he's been part of my groups he's worked with me in other areas and he's got an amazing journey and story to talk about with what does it look like when you're 40 plus and you really truly unpack and unravel your direction and where you're meant to go. His name is Victor Diaz. He has been doing lots of beautiful work in the world, supporting people through their hospice experiences. He does a lot of energy work and stuff. He also is a heroic performance coach, another coach. I love it when I get to interview other coaches, but um, he's done stuff that, you know, works with hundred, you know, fortune 100 companies and all this sort of stuff. But his journey to being himself has really begun to unravel just in the last couple of years. So settle in. Here we go. Welcome to the podcast, my buddy, Victor Diaz. How are you doing, man? Hey, Rick, doing fantastic. Uh, wow. Recording this from the state of Maine, doing some traveling, looking at some opportunities and uh, certainly a fresh of breath air leaving the southern state of Texas. Mm. But you've had a lot of breaths of fresh air over the last couple of years trying to move to the new space of who Victor truly is, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, going back to Abraham Maslow, mm. uh, he says that a musician must make music, an artist must paint, a poet must write. Yeah. If he is ultimately to be at peace with himself, what a man can be, he must be. And gosh, man, for way too long, we are conditioned in many aspects. Um, sanskaras, I believe, is the Sanskrit word for yeah. those preconditioned societal beliefs that push us down. And it's it's so interesting that as I've owned my sexuality uh spirit soul and body right yeah. uh that peace has come in and abundant flow has started to work and it was almost as if the um gaydar got turned on mm. and when you say that gaydar got turned on i'm just curious has there always been a sense within you that something was a little bit different for you as a man or was it literally like the the bulb, light bulb went off and like oh this actually wow i didn't see this coming no yeah i think i think for me anyways um i've always known that i was attracted to men um and had no interest uh sexual interest in women uh I had a lot of very close friends uh who who were females um, but I think I've always known. Um, and as I look back on my life, I think I can date that back to when I was four years old 
Um, and so there's always been the knowing, but then of course, uh, you're well, well positioned and, and you, you know, very well what religious upbringing, uh, um, can do. Yep. And so it's demonized. Um, you, you're learned to self-hate because you think God hates that part of you. Um, you know, I, I, I love the fact that you, in our last uh, Life Uncloseted, you came to know that you are inherently good. And um, when you when you start to look at the scripture mm-hmm. um, from the place of love and not hate and not looking at the scripture and the sacred texts as a weapon, it was at 46, and that was three years ago, that I finally came to a place of self-love. And accepting God's love for me. And and I think about our conversation. And when you said, it it hit me, um, I am good. And I I think of the King David, um, when he says that we're made, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous and how well Mm -hmm. I know it. Um, Genesis 1, God saw everything that he made and he said it was very good. Rick, we are beautifully made and we are good. But I think this is a key element of when we embrace our sexuality and we move beyond what we've been told. It doesn't matter. You start to see the beauty of you. But as long as that pebble in the shoe, so to speak, uh, but being gay, being bi, being trans, being whatever, is it's not usually just a pebble. It's like a boulder in our shoe. You will never find true peace, joy, happiness in your purpose because there's always going to be a holdback. Now, I'm not saying that's an easy road to travel. I'm never going to you know, claim that. But what I have found and what you're finding, and I think this is where so many guys that are 40 plus, regardless of when you did come out, if that pebble slash boulder is in your shoe around this, you have a hard time getting to, to your purpose, to your passion, to being who you truly want to be in the world. And it honestly doesn't have really, quote, anything to do with sexuality, but yet it's such a piece of the puzzle. And that's what I love that you're sharing here today. Like, hey, this was there, but man, as soon as this unlocked, okay, maybe you started getting laid more. I don't know, but you started to see yourself in a completely different light is what I heard you say. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're striving for authenticity, right? We're striving mm-hmm. for authenticity in our relationships, in our relationship to ourself, in relationship to others, for the true spirit, to, to, to have that true spirit connection. And achieving that requires serious emotional work, right? And sometimes that means unlearning that which no longer serves you or relearning what was told to you um, from a different angle, from a different perspective. Um, and, and it's doing that, that work from moment to moment to moment. Um, you know, when we start to look at ourselves and how we can be the best version of ourselves, mm-hmm. um, coming into loving the story of our life to reach our highest potential, to lend our light um, first to ourselves and then to shine to someone else, we have to find a way to be ourselves. And when I said that the gaydar switch got turned on, you know, we do so much work, Rick, in masking ourselves that for me, I didn't radiate. Uh, you know, the, the, the scripture weaponized 
Yeah. Uh, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. As a man thinks, so is he. And they combine those two scriptures and they say, oh, if you think you're gay, then you're gay and you're wrong, right? And it's just changing your thought process. Whereas if we look at it that God made me this way, and if I think in terms of sexuality as a gay man, right. therefore I must be gay, I'm good. And so for so long, I lived in double-mindedness. I could never really feel successful um, because I wasn't being my true self. I was so disintegrated that it wasn't until I started to integrate my spirit, my soul, and my body and moving into that, that I noticed that when I accepted myself and I loved myself, I noticed that guys started to notice me. My aura wasn't no longer muted or it wasn't, you know, you're a Seventh-day Adventist, Rick, or you were, you, you still believe in God, you have that teaching. We have to let our light shine. And that is in the very full creation of who God made us. And I think it's such a powerful thing to share this because as you were talking through that, the living in double-mindedness isn't just in our sexuality. As a guy who hits that 40 plus mark, I had barely been out. I mean, I, I came out at 36, 40 comes around. I'm starting to finally like settle in. I was with my husband by that point in time, but still so early in the relationship. But there was still a lot of double-mindedness I was living that had nothing to do with my sexuality, like what I'm supposed to be professionally, the kind of father I think I'm supposed to be versus, okay, well, what kind of father do I want to be? What kind of professional do I desire to be? Not what everybody else thinks. Now, we all get caught up in this because we're human, like, hey, here's the expectations. And, and some of them are great. We buy into an expectation. But I, when you buy into an expectation, I prefer to say you've created the standard by which you choose to live by, not by somebody else's expectation. So in my world, when that finally happened, where I like hit the point where I don't like doing what I'm doing professionally, I had to let go of the double-mindedness around what it meant to be professional, mm. what it meant to be successful. Mm. Because as soon as I redefined it for myself, which is this very similar journey of accepting ourselves as a gay man, to me, one of the best lessons we ever learn is accepting ourselves in our sexuality and then asking the question, what else do I have to accept myself in? Because it all goes together. The lessons we learn coming out are the same lessons we can learn about going for a job promotion or walking away from a job that doesn't bring us satisfaction, stepping away or stepping into relationships, either stepping into a relationship, like let's take the, let's roll the dice or stepping away from a relationship because it's just not working. But all of this is moving us out of a double-mindedness space where we like, okay, we have a, a solid thought about how we feel about these things. And I think what you're sharing is a really beautiful lesson in embracing the truth of who we are and continuing to ask the question, who am I? Just such mm. a powerful thing to think through. And it's in that that we become aware and we can let go of those influences and the distractions that divert us from fulfilling what you started with, our purpose. Mm -hmm. We have to start at the at the at the ground zero, at love 0, 0.0, love for self, before we can start to uh make a way to move ourselves into finding a reimagined idea, a traditional idea of how we live, love 2.0, yeah. love for uh, a partner or a spouse. 
um, and to expand our capacity to love uh, for those who share our journey on this planet, um, rebuilding our life uh, through our guiding values, Rick, our deepest intentions, lasting growth, spiraling upward begins with Dharma, mm -hmm. which is purpose. And what is our purpose, right? To love ourselves uh, and, and be able to love God or the universe, whatever your, um, whatever your path is for me, it's God, mm -hmm. uh, and then loving others. Why do you think this is such a hard concept? And I'm going to specifically focus just on gay men to love themselves from your perspective. Because we're told we're pieces of shit from the time we were born. You know, we're, we're told that we're abominations. We're told that uh, we're wrong. We're told that the, that any attraction to other men is wrong. And so we have, we have this, uh, learned hatred for self that we've got to work through. And, you know, some guys have it easier. Some guys just, you know, whether it's personality type, Rick, um, you know, Enneagram ones, for those of you who know, Enneagram ones, three eights are going to have an easier time of just coming into, Hey, I'm going to love myself for who I am and F the rest of the world and whatever they think. Um, any people like myself, Enneagrams nine people, pleasers, helpers, uh, we're going to, we're going to stay in the bubble a little bit longer because we want to please people. We want to, uh, we, we feel loved when we have the love of others, but this takes work. This loving ourselves takes work. And then also embracing the fact that we can love ourselves a whole lot, but the next bastion is, but what if somebody doesn't love who I love? In myself that's where we get thrown the next curveball in fact i was working with a another client um yesterday and we got into talking about having to be one of my speaking clients we got to talking about you know his talk and where he's going with it and um one of the principles that he's going to bring up in his core talk is um the curveballs i'm like well what do you want to talk about curveballs like let's talk about life's curveballs and he says well and this this guy happens to be handicapped in a way that most of us can't even imagine. He has no hands and he really has no feet. Mm -hmm. So he is very much, you know, but he has grown. I mean, he's amazing. And um, he said, well, the curveballs I've been throwing constantly helped me relearn. So as we kept working on it, we came down to his main point being curveballs are the opportunities for learning or relearning. I think this is an interesting thing for us as gay men is the curveball of coming out and the curveball of then always seeing ourselves as pieces of shit. If we allow every time something makes us feel like we're a piece of shit to stay prevalent in our life, then we're letting the curveballs win versus how can I take this curveball and let it be a learning experience or a relearning experience to guide us away from where we get stuck because i think every one of us is a guy over 40 we get stuck on a lot of things like i'm not in a relationship or i'm not as successful as i should be or i'm putting on pounds or i can't seem you know my health is going to hell in a handbasket all these things can be the curveballs but when we give ourselves permission to step in as you said into your body your soul your heart and really step into it and go 
what is my purpose with all of this? And not just make it lip service. What's my purpose? What's my purpose? What's my purpose? To go dig deeper. To me, that's the beauty of why we get handed these curveballs. Like, okay, still not done, not baked, not done yet. So, so what is one of the biggest lessons you feel like you've started to glean out of your own? And I know there's many, but one of the ones, a couple of them maybe that you've gleaned out of this, like, you know, I, this is who I am. I am this gay man that's inspired you as a lesson and moved you forward. Yeah. So, you know, no, no shameless plug here, but um, your, your 40 plus uh, monthly chats uh, which are free once a month. Yep. And again, I will always honor the sacred work that you're doing in your purpose. And, and the, there, there's a, there's a scripture says that the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller, but the world of the generous gets larger and larger. And man, Rick, when I see your life and how you give in doing these podcasts every day, getting up and doing these um, fully committed to the cause of setting men free and helping men through their journey and your purpose in having these monthly chats where anywhere from five to 20 people can show up in any given month. And you're there month in month out. Um, you've alluded to doing the work. And sometimes we need, uh, we need that, that coach. We need that voice. We need that encouragement. Yep. And I think of, encouraging someone to be entirely themselves mm. is the loudest way to love them Ooh. instead of trying to put them into a box or to fit them into your idea of who they should be because I want grandchildren and they can only come from a man and a woman. But Kalon Dion said that encouraging someone to be entirely themselves is the loudest way to love them. Love that. Love that. Love that. What is your loudest way to be yourself? Well, I'll go back to it, man. Love 0, 0.0. Loving mm. yourself first. For me, it was self-acceptance before I could have God acceptance. I don't know why it was in that order, but it was. I had to say and be okay with, I'm okay. I am good. Mm. And I am good. I may be a Hispanic man. I've been an undocumented immigrant. Uh, I am a person of color. I am an American. I am um, gay. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I have to be okay with all of that and own it for what it is and love myself and learn to be my own best friend in silence the voice of the accuser in me. T.D. Jake says, there's an enemy in me, enemy in me. Uh, and so we can take uh, the, the, the stories of the Bible, right? We can take the, the parables. We can take the, the picture that it presents. But sometimes we're our greatest accuser, Rick, of ourselves. That we are. And that's the thing that, that when we, <clears throat> when we start to see that and we can take and extract that into, into our vision space, we can really see that we are our worst accuser doors open because now, and actually it's interesting that you brought this up Victor, because I was working with a client the other day on this, 
lack of self-confidence, lack of, you know, self-worth, all that sort of stuff. And when we got to the point where I helped him see that he was the one that was creating this, yes, it was embedded in what he'd been through as a younger man, right? You're no good. You're gay. Da, 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 da. But at some point, people quit saying that to him. But every time he tries to do something, that voice shows up. But the moment you free yourself to love yourself and to be yourself in the way that it's just for you. I mean, it was so interesting. I got an email from a guy who listens to the podcast. And he literally said what we were just talking about. He goes, the moment I started embracing just being me for me. He goes, I've been at the gym every day for three months solid. I'm feeling good about myself. I met a guy and soon to be my husband, not in three months, but he goes, I met a guy and, I, and soon to be, he's going to like literally around the corner, they're getting married. He goes, I couldn't have done any of this if I didn't start embracing and loving myself. Mm. It's huge testament, you know, just to, wow. not to my podcast, but just to like the message yeah. of truly yeah. loving yourself because, mm. you know, I think RuPaul's one that says, if you don't love yourself, nobody else going to do it for you. Right. Amen. And that's not a selfish thing. And I think this is part of like, you know, religious teachings at some point that to be, you know, do for others and not for yourself. Okay. I get that, but it's a, and that's the only way to live. I don't buy that part. Come on. You've got to do for yourself so that you can do for others. Yeah. You know, and I think that was one of my big lessons that I know, I don't even think, I know that was one of my big lessons I had to get through in order for me to step in to getting to do now what I love. I love doing these podcasts. I love being a coach. I love being of service, you know? Um, and I'm not saying that, that to put myself up on a pedestal, but it's like I'd stepped into my purpose in a really, really super powerful way because I love what I, I love me being able to do what I do this way. And I recognize there's talent in this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to like, no, I'm not going to put it in my ego, I know I can do this really well. And on the, in the spur of the moment, I can like, boom, let's do this. And there we go this. And then we go, but that's because I've learned to love that part of myself. Yeah. And the more I learn to love that part of myself, I make room for you as a guest and people who I'm coaching and people who I'm helping build speaking businesses, see that part of themselves. So what was one of the things you felt you couldn't love about yourself? Yeah. So let me, let me, back up a little bit. I, I love quoting people. Oprah says that each of us at our core longs to be loved. And we started with this, right? The, the Maslow hierarchy of needs, basic human condition, the basic needs of humanity. Each of us, each of us at our core longs to be loved, to have intimate connections that leave us feeling more alive and more human. I'm going to tie in Maya Angelou when she says that love is the condition in the human spirit that is the basis for so much in our lives, for strength, courage, and kindness. And, and to, in a roundabout way to answer your question, uh, one of, so speaking from me, because I'm still unpacking three yep. years in, yep. undoing, right? Like I still have a lot of baggage to, to, to work through, a lot of thought process. 
where I live in the South, it's not, there's not a huge gay population. We've, we've heard guys in your program talk about this, right? They got to yep. travel hour or two hours before they get to the nearest gay bar. Um, and so you, you go in. So, so for me, I think the part of my sexuality in, 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 and it may just be part of my my makeup that I have to. Maybe I'm pansexual. I love your guest Parrish. I can't think of his first mm, name. Mm-hmm. You yep. talked about no labels, right? And yep. I'm really striving to do that. But for today's sake, we'll go into labels a little bit because it talks about the constraints. And and you've talked about this time and time again on on a lot of your episodes. How judgmental humans can be. Yep. Um, and especially in our world. And so for me, um, at this point, I have not been able to move into the sexual part of, of my uh, sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still figuring that out. And part of it is decades upon decades of the purity culture. Yep. Uh, part of it is me being in in that world and striving to live the life, not just doing the talk. Um, and so for me, the, um, the casualness of sex isn't right for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that can be a real, uh, downer in meeting people because in today's culture, gay or straight, people want to hook up before they get to know each other. Yep. Um, and, and that doesn't fly for me. That doesn't work for me. Um, and so I think that's my next phase, right? And does that mean meeting somebody, uh, gay dating apps, um, boy, those just don't work. At least they don't work for me. Well, but that's a, that's a huge, huge, huge part of you being in integrity with yourself. And I know there's probably some guys that'll listen to this and go, this guy needs to get a grip. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Because what's working for him or working for Victor is I want to have more than just wham, bam. Thank you, sir. There's got to be something to connect. It's, it's kind of like, and I'm going to take it to a different space in my life, but it's kind of like when I'm working with my professional speakers, I'm building, you know, their business. You have to create the relationship with the person who's going to hire you before mm. you get hired. You wow. can't just say, Here's who I am. Hire me. Wow. And I know there's, I mean, yes, in gay or straight world, I'm going to lean a little more into the gay world. There's a lot of guys like, yeah, let's just, you know, let's just fuck. Okay. That that can work. But is that really giving you what you want? And how is that contributing to you or the other guy feeling like you have a sense of self-worth? Now, I'm not going to say everybody feels that because some guys are like, I just enjoy sex. Cool. Then that's going to work really well for you. Because if that's what you enjoy, you don't want anything deeper than that. Then you're being honest. You're in integrity and you're in your own authenticity. Okay. And be that with your partner. Exactly. But then don't get bent out of shape when you can't find something that you want to last longer because you kind of set the tone for, here's how I like to do this. And then at one point you may hit the block wall of, but this isn't how I want to do it any longer. Yeah. So that's where those, those intersectionalities begin to happen. And again, I'm not knocking anybody who wants to do that. I I'm like, Hey, no judgment. Right. 
I used to be in that space myself. I'm like, let's just, let's just do it. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. And, but yet all along, I was like, there's gotta be more. There's gotta be more. There's gotta be more. And then my two, those two worlds kind of collided with like, well, but I really like having sex, but I really want something more. And one began to dominate over the other where the something more is like, I need something that means something. I need something that's long-term. I need something that, you know, and so each one of these phases is about stepping into our own authenticity, not being ashamed by it and not being afraid to say, yes, this is what's important for me to be in myself, in my world. And I think you just shared that really beautifully. So really quickly, before we wrap up here, I have another, another question for you. Um, when you look Before at where you, that, yeah, let's yeah. let's celebrate you for just one second. Twenty-two years of marriage, going on that. Yep, to your husband. Well, technically, twenty-two years together. Yes, so we'll just call it that. Together, we've been married since two thousand fourteen. So, whatever that is, and I'm too old yeah. to calculate that in my freaking head. So don't even ask me to. That's, but that's amazing, and I yeah. just wanted to honor that, Rick. So go ahead. No, let's I mean, see. and that's something that's a, you know. That's something that some people will be like, I don't know how you do it. Well, you do it because that's what works. That's what you say. For some people, that would never work. I mean, I have lots of friends like I, I couldn't be with somebody. Okay, great. Then don't. But they're very, they own that too. They're like, nope, I'm, I love it. I'm, in fact, one of my good friends, he's like, I love being single. He goes, I, I, I love, and he goes, and I love dating. But he goes, I, I only go out on dates for the companionship and everything. He goes, and I'm very upfront. And he has he does have a hard time finding guys sometimes because they're like, they either just want sex, which is, he's okay with that. But he wouldn't mind having somebody he can date on a regular basis. But he's like, I'm not going to set up house. I don't want to set up house. I like this independence. Uh, of course, I always hassle. I'm like, yeah, one day there's gonna be there's gonna be a piece of ass that comes along that you just like don't know what to do with, and you're gonna you're gonna be a little girl schoolgirl head over heels, and you're gonna call Rick, and I'm gonna go, mm -mm, no, I told you, I told you, but um, but um, but, but thank you for honoring you, it. Yeah, yeah, but um, thank you for honoring that. And it is, it is, and it's not been easy. I'm gonna be you know, most guys who listen to the podcast and know it. I'm like, it's not easy. 22 years together with the same person, it has not been all rainbows and unicorns by no stretch of the imagination. And is it for anybody though, right? I mean, marriage mm -hmm. commitment is hard work. Absolutely. And if you're not willing to put the work into it, then it probably isn't for you. Any relationship is work. I don't, I don't care how you look at it. I mean, it's, it's work. Um, but to wrap everything up, what are you most proud about at this moment in time for where you are? You know, I think it's getting more and more comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm. You know, uh, people, you you've just done a, a fabulous and in, in your your life's work, and and you're always spiraling upward. Um, I think you've lost like forty pounds since January, since November um, of last year. Yep, yep. That's that's amazing. I celebrate that. Um, but just embracing life's obstacles, um, facing them with calm and anti-fragile confidence, mm. uh, harnessing skills and talents to live my full potential, uh, seeking different types of, of work in fun, love and service, um, and just working on 
on myself in energy, work, and love, Rick. Loving myself, uh, showing up as the best person I can be um, day in, day out, moment by moment at my work and with my energy and my physical, loving, loving my physical body, not to the place where I need insta-gay six-pack abs, but being healthy, mm-hmm. uh, eating well, living right, breathing, right. prospering, um, living life to the fullest with no regrets. Um, some of us have to go down the hedonistic path. And eventually, um, I think for most people, that just doesn't serve them much longer, right? There's a place where they're like, okay, I'm done with this and I want more. And you've, you've, you, you said it beautifully early and I'll reframe it this way. You've got to do the hero's journey. You got to yep. spend time alone. You got to do the work. If it means getting the coach, it's the best money you're going to get uh, to spend. It's an investment in yourself. And you and I say that unashamedly. Um, and I have benefited from your coaching. Uh, I have paid good money for other coaches in my life. Um, and it's the best thing I could have done because it's helped me unpack who I am and learning to love myself, Rick is priceless. You cannot put a price to that. Awesome. I love it. And you know what you just said, I'm going to kind of just do what I do pretty good and mash this all up together. You're proud of developing a, a mindset of anti-fragile confidence so that you can be comfortable in the discomfort and being myself. Yeah. I'm being yourself. Well, speaking of being yourself, man, I love that you are being yourself and you're doing what you're doing. If somebody wanted to like chat with you, take you up on some of your coaching, what's the best place for them to like get in touch with you? Yeah. Victor Diaz.co. Okay. D-I-A-Z. Um, and, um, like we did on your last uh, Life Uncloseted, I'm offering a free book of my coach, uh, Brian Johnson's uh, book, Arate, mm-hmm. Activating Your Heroic Potential. would like to gift that. And so one of your listeners can email you or email me through victordiaz.co and we'll get that sent out to them. Uh, awesome. Releases in November of 2023. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thank you again for being part of my world, buddy, and sharing yourself. And I can't wait to continue to watch your journey and be a part of it. So thanks again for sharing yourself with my audience. Rick, I love you. I love the fruit that you have produced in me and know that uh, you are a radiant exemplar Mm -hmm. of gay men over 40 men. Well, thank you. Thank you. And I'll take that in. And for all you guys, I hope you got something from this today that will help you see the beauty of who you are so you can step into your own version of being comfortable in the discomfort and being absolutely 100% yourself. So take care until next time, guys, and we'll catch you in just another week. That's a wrap for 40 Plus. Gay men, gay talk, where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed up fears, make bold moves, and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 Plus Gay Men, Gay Talk, where the conversations continue.